Okay, Jetty, Jetty Rimmer. It's just Jet. Jet a bamboozable Jet. Just Jet. Jet, Jet, rat a tat, Jet, cat. No, no, it's just Jet, Hank. And uh, we're on. It's the, it's. We're rolling, we're good. You're rolling, good, good rolling. How are you, my engineer? You know nothing about anything. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the uh, Jat Show, the Jat Podcast, the second episode of the Jat Cast. Second episode, yeah, second episode. Okay, just, uh, <laughs> I have Hank the Engineer here, and uh, you can hear, he's um, pushing buttons and doing stuff. He's a sweetheart of a guy, but boy, Hank, I, honestly, Hank, can you step up, step up to that microphone over there? Hello, hello, hello. Okay, don't even start with that. <laughs> we did that the last episode. Just stop it. Okay, it's on though. I'm honestly. So your background in radio, or like, what? Is, what is your back? How are you a sound engineer? Well, I'm. A, I'm. A, so, so I went. I went to school for the engineering's and stuff, and I, I worked at the. Um, I worked at a radio station. I worked in radio stations all over, all over the country. You did. Yeah. Um. So what? What stations were you at? I was at uh, WABCD, uh, EFG. Uh, W H I J K Elemental P. Oh, so you were like a back east station because those are the W's. What? That did, see the W radio stations were you know like W B I G or W T R G or whatever, and then the California the 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 South you know this side the Pacific uh, are like K. So I worked at like K Tide, and, and so you're looking at me blankly. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well. Are you- are you sure you worked at a radio station then? Yeah, no, I was I was in radio. I was on the air too. I was You were on the air. Yeah, yeah. So I would do the coming up next we got a big music from Madonna and you're gonna like it. It's gonna be good. And <laughs> Is that what you'd say? You'd say, Coming up next we got music from Madonna, it's gonna be good. Yeah, but I didn't sound like that. Oh okay. You know, I'm actually I'm working on an impression of you, Hank. Do you wanna hear it? Yeah, I want to hear an impression of me. You do. Okay, yeah, so what do you think? I'm Hank. Hey, how's it going? That doesn't sound like me, man. Come on, your voice is too high. It's all whiny. Jadamama. Okay, well, okay, Hank, thanks. Hey, uh, tell uh, Mr. Announcer Guy to come in and uh, that we've got, uh, because he's going to introduce the show. You want me to get the announcer guy to come in and do the show? I can do it for you. I'm, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Jad, Jad, Jadarama Show. That's not good at all. I'll go get the guy. Yeah, you. Thank you. Okay, because I'm just gonna go over and get the guy. And anyway, so uh, it is. Uh, it's it's episode two of the James Arnold Taylor podcast. You know, I had the big intro for the first episode, and I thought eh, I could do an intro like that again. But you know, it's probably just better just to start talking, right? Just a little music and just start talky talk. I don't need a big introduction every single time. Although the announcer guy, it'd be great if he came in and then. Did, oh, well, and there he is. Speak of the devil. Hey, um, how how are you, Mister Announcer Guy? I'm doing really well, James. How are you? You're always doing well. I love that. Um, I'm sorry about Hank. I hope he didn't, uh, you know, offend you, asking you to come in or anything. I hope he asked you with, you know, class and decorum. Well, I don't think that that's even possible for Hank. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, um, would you mind introducing the show? It's uh, it's a second episode of the uh, Jatcast. You mind just uh, giving a little something on the mic? It would be my pleasure, James. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, get ready for the Jatcast. Talking to myself, starring James Arnold Taylor. 
the way you do that. Thank you. I'm gonna go get myself some coffee. Okay. Thanks, Mr. Announcer Guy. We'll see you soon, James. He's so sweet. Okay, uh, welcome, now that he's done the announcement and the uh, intro and everything, welcome to the second episode of the James Arnold Taylor podcast. We've got a lot of stuff going on for you today. It's going to be a great po- uh, great show, great podcast. I am really enjoying the podcast. Ooh, some exciting things too coming up. I have been working like crazy to get information as to how I can take your phone calls and everything, and I think I get it all figured out, and I'm going to start doing that. And so within the next like two or three shows... Uh, we will start taking live phone calls. How exciting is that? You can talk to me live. Ask me questions. Talk to some of the characters, some of the people that are here on the show. Because again, this show is called Talking to Myself. I'm James Arnold Taylor. I'm a voice actor. I do voices in cartoons and movies and video games and TV shows and all that stuff. And so all the voices that you hear on the show are me. There you go. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not like faking you out in any way. I'm not trying to kind of make it, you know, so the announcer guy is me. Uh, Mr. Announce Guy, come in here for a second. Yes, James, I'm right here. That's that's me, you see. Uh, oh, what about uh, Hank the Engineer? Hey, James, how's it going? Yeah, wait, 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 what do you want? Testing, testing, hello, 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 hello. Okay, stop that. Uh, uh, Billy, oh, we have Billy the Intern. Billy Billy the Intern, come on in. Yes, uh, yeah, hello, Mr. Taylor. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. And I'm, I'm very much a big fan of your work and all the work that you've done as a voice actor. I really want to be a voice actor, too, and so I thought maybe that you could mentor me sometime. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Billy. Um, uh, oh, uh, Reginald. We have Reginald uh, Blythewood Third, who comes in. I call him Reggie. He gets mad. James. James. Yes, James. Don't call me Reggie. So, uh, and those guys and then a bunch of other characters are going to come in on the show. Last time, oh, hey, uh, so that's why it's called Talking to Myself, because I'm a voice actor. I do tons of voices, and I spend my time in little padded rooms talking to myself. So I talk about stuff uh, in Hollywood, and I talk about my life as a voice actor and the things and all, but I also talk about other things in life, like my just my regular life, like the seg- segment we have with Reggie, with uh, Reginald, sorry, um, uh, is uh, uh, is Get to Know Jat. And then, so in that one, I go a little, dip- I go a little deeper, and I tell you a little bit more about me and, and things going on in my life. And how I kind of live my life and how I think and all of that. So, anyways, um, welcome to the Jatcast. I hope you have subscribed. I hope you spread the word. I hope you tell everybody what a fun show it is. Because it is. It's just fun. It's just me here talking, doing voices, and having a good time with all of you. And uh, talking about stuff that uh, happens in my world. I, I got to tell you, some uh, pretty exciting things uh, happening. Because of, uh, you know, the kind of resurgence of Star Wars and stuff. And we're going to talk about the prequels, I'm going to say. So in today's show, what can you expect in today's show? Well, um, for those of you that are going, gosh, this guy's just doing Star Wars stuff. Don't worry. I'm going to talk about other things, too. Hopefully, there's enough people in the world that have seen Star Wars and like Star Wars that they they don't mind hearing about it. (laughs) I think there's a couple people that have seen Star Wars. I know some of you are on Star Wars burnout. But look, I'm I'm old school. I'm, although I do like the prequels and, and I have to, uh, you know, because, but I see the prequels as old school now because uh, the whole new school is all the Disney stuff. So anyways, uh, and I love all the original movies, uh, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and uh, Return of the Jedi. And I love the Clone Wars. Why? Because I was in the Clone Wars and I played Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars. I, uh, I also, I, I, I fill in for celebrities when they're not available. I do their voices. So if um so we could have we could have celebrities on the show here, see? So if um say uh Jay Baruchel, the actor from How to Train Your Dragon and uh and and other other shows, he was on that TV show Undeclared and um and he's been in movies and he had uh, man man 
what was that? Man Meets Woman or what's uh, his TV show was very funny. Um, I'm sorry, Jay, if I um, am getting that wrong. But How to Train Your Dragon, he's a Hiccup Haddock, but I'm also Hiccup. So uh, if uh, Jay Burrishell were to um, come into the show, James, uh, hello. It's, 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 it's good. Do I talk on this mic? Uh, Hank said to do this. Hello, 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 hello. No, stop that. Stop, stop, Jay Baruchel. Stop it. It's not really Jay Baruchel. It's me. So, uh, uh, celebrity voices impersonated. Thank you, Mr. Announcer Guy. All right. So, uh, yeah, James. So, uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3 is going to come out and it's going to be fantastic. And we had a great time doing it. And you do my voice sometimes when I don't do my voice. How do you do that? Well, I just think of you, I picture you in my head, Jay, and then uh, you kind of come out of my mouth. It's weird. It's it's not like a little action figure pops out, boop, you know, and a, ah, oh, hi, I'm a little Jay Burrishell. It's not that. It's just, you know. Oh, yeah, because that, that would be strange. But, uh, okay. All right, well, I'm going to go back to Canada because I don't really like it here in Hollywood. I, I've heard that about you, Jay. Okay, thanks for uh, coming by. So you see, that's uh, Jay Burrishell just stopped by. Look at that, pretty good. Um, if, uh, you know, who else could we have come by? I don't know. We could have anybody come by because uh, anybody that I do a voice of, that is. Um, we could have Andre the Giant come by. Hello, James. Anybody want a peanut? So there's there's Andre the Giant because I'm Andre the Giant's voice double. So uh, let's see, I double for um, uh, Ewan McGregor, obviously, uh, and uh, Johnny Depp. We could have uh, Johnny Depp on the show, and then he starts talking about everything, and his kind of affected uh, semi-British accent, and, uh, you know, he's uh, somewhere in a castle right now, love. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. So Johnny Depp could come on the show, and uh, who else? Oh, we could have David Spade come on. Hey, James. Yeah. And you are... I'm James Arnold Taylor. And <laughs> nobody cares about you. Okay, bye-bye. Um, uh, Michael J. Fox, uh, Christopher Lloyd, I've, I've doubled for both of them. Christopher Walken, um, Paul Reiser, I mean, many different people. You're going, James, just do the voices. Nah, see, I don't always do the voices when I say the names. I could, though. Anyways, that's uh, talking to myself. That's what I'm going to do here. That's, uh, that's, that's what we do. And so we're going to talk about the prequels today on the show. And we're going to uh, also talk about some other things. We're going to take your... Um, emails that you've sent in to jamesarnoldtaylor.com and uh, clicked on the chat show and done the drop down menu and everything. I should get the announcer got to do all that again. But um, so if you've sent me emails in the past asking me questions, I'm going to answer some of those questions like we did in the last show. And I'll have an interview segment coming up later where I actually do talk to somebody else besides me. And maybe, I don't know, you know, I had Obi-Wan Kenobi on the last show and uh, who should I have on this show? Uh, Johnny Test? We could have, we could invite Johnny Test in. You never know who's going to show on the JAT show, show and show. Okay. Anyways. All right. So there you go. <laughs> now I'm making more rhymes. It's the JAT show. I tend to be one of those people that tries to be as positive as I can. In fact, I wrote a book about staying positive and pursuing your dreams. It's called JAT 365. And I think we should make this episode sponsored by my book, Chat 365, 365 Daily Inspirations for the Pursuit of Your Dreams. And it is adapted from the social media of James Arnold Taylor. Chat, me. That is me, Chat. You can follow me on jamesarnoldtaylor.com. You can go to uh, Twitter and Instagram and at Jat Actor, J-A-T Actor, and follow me. Please do. It's, it is a fun time if you follow me. I try to keep it positive and fun and inspirational and uh, help you pursue your dreams. It's not all just about voiceover. And my YouTube channel. Hey, subscribe to my YouTube channel too if you have not already. 
Just go to uh, YouTube and search for James Arnold Taylor. You'll find my little picture. It'll pop up like that, and uh, it'll say James Arnold Taylor. You click on that, you'll see that it's my site. Uh, I don't know, there may be somebody else trying to impersonate me, but so go through and look and make sure it's really me. You'll see uh, there's like about, I don't know, five, 600 videos on there, including... 365 videos of my book, JAT365. Last year, I went and made a video a day and I read a page a day from my book so I could go through the book with you because my book is a, a daily reader. So you get, you read a little, you read a little positive encouragement and then I ask you a question and then you journal. So at the end of a year, and it doesn't have to be starting in January, it can be any time throughout a year. At the end of the year, you have a journal of your thoughts, your dreams, and your goals. It's not just a book you just read and kind of go, oh, that's nice. It's like, no, it's, it's a workbook for you. And many, many people have read it, and many, many people like it, and many, many people uh, have said that their lives have been improved by it. So I think that that's really wonderful. So if you haven't picked it up, uh, this is a cheap plug for me to uh, have you pick up my book. You can go to Amazon.com, and you can search for JAT365 by James Arnold Taylor, and you can do it, buy it, get it, whatever. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, in fact, you know, I'll try to do some giveaways and stuff here on the podcast as we uh, kind of get my bearings and figure out everything. And we'll do some giveaways for the book as well. Wouldn't that be fun? I think so. Maybe some signed Obi-Wan Kenobi pictures or Ratchet pictures or Titus pictures. Who are you a fan of from all of my characters? Again, I'm a voice actor. I am the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Clone Wars. Jedi Master Plo Koon as well. I'm the voice of Johnny Test, who's 11 years old and totally awesome. As well as Dark Vegan, the Beekeeper, Mr. Mittens, Hank Anchorman, and a bunch of others on Johnny Test. I was Leonardo the Ninja Turtle in the 2007 movie TMNT. I'm Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. Hey, Clank. I'm Titus from Final Fantasy. Listen to my story. This may be our last chance. Yep, that's the laugh. Okay, there you go. Uh, we'll do a whole episode on the laugh. Trust me, we'll talk about Final Fantasy. Today's episode is going to be um, another Star Wars one. Uh, why? Well, because Star Wars has been a big part of my life for the last 18 years. Before that, now I'm 49. I saw Star Wars A New Hope when I was seven. So for the, gosh, for 42 years of my life, Star Wars has been a big part of my life. I've enjoyed it quite a bit. And for 18 of those years, uh, I have been closely involved in it, hosting events, uh, interviewing uh, pretty much everybody in the world of Star Wars, and then, of course, being a actor in the world of Star Wars and voicing Obi-Wan Kenobi for over 100 episodes and uh, um, one movie, countless video games and toys uh, for uh, about almost 18 years now, voicing Obi-Wan, bringing uh, life to his voice. And so, uh, so I feel as though, you know, uh, that's pretty darn amazing and I am humbled and thankful to all the folks at Lucasfilm and now Disney for allowing me to be a part of that world for so long and uh, Clone Wars is coming back and that's exciting get to do that so we're going to talk a little bit because I was talking about here's the thing I I wasn't going to make my second podcast about Star Wars I was going to actually do some other stuff but then here's what happened the other the other week this last week I my my wife so we homeschool our daughter and so every year my wife does this and I'm sharing this with you so you can, if you're a homeschooler, you can take this in. This is a great thing my wife invented or came up with or whatever you want to do that she does. I guess you wouldn't say invented. It's just something she came up with. She goes away for a couple days and she usually goes off to a, a retreat center, like a, a Christian retreat center. You could, there's a lot of Catholic churches that have and stuff. We are not Catholic. We are Lutheran actually, but uh, 
uh, a lot of Catholic uh, churches and stuff have these like retreat centers where anybody can go and you can just get away and, and kind of get in touch with nature or get in touch with God if that's what you, uh, you know, believe and such, which is what we believe. And um, so there's place, and then you can even get a room and you can stay. So she would go with a, a girlfriend or two and they that are all homeschoolers they would get away for a few days and they would plan the curriculum for the coming school year so this is what my wife does so every year in august because we start school in september because my wife and i both grew up in a time when you got actually three months of of summer and so we give our daughter three months of summer that's how we are. We are an actual certified accredited school. We're a homeschool. We are a uh, academy and we have all the appropriate licenses and everything. And so we teach our daughter. And so we make the, um, the school year is a set amount of time. But so in August, my wife goes and plans what the curriculum will be for the, the coming year for my daughter. So she gets away and she does that for a few days. And so now it has grown. And now she has all these other women coming and they, they uh, go to the cabins of, of this. Um, they actually go to a camp that my wife went to when she was a kid. And it's a beautiful, beautiful camp way up in the mountains up in Santa Barbara. And they have cabins and, you know, they got a, a, a fire pit and they've got a... Uh, space to play games in a swimming pool. And, you know, it's, it's a camp. And she grew up going to camp every year. So she rents some cabins out there and her and all the moms that homeschool within our community, they have a big homeschool community out here where we live. They all go up there for uh, a few days and they get the year's curriculum ready for their kids. So my wife did that. Off on a tangent, I know. So my wife goes and does that. So what does that mean? That means uh, me and my wonderful daughter, Lydia, who is now 13, my daughter is... Um, just a beautiful, wonderful human being. We adopted her from China when she was eight months old and she's changed our life. Adoption is a wonderful life-changing thing. If anybody listening to this is thinking about adopting, it is a wonderful blessing in your life. Okay? It, it has changed our life. It is fantastic. So international or domestic adoption, it's beautiful. Give a life, new life, and adopt. And uh, I'm a big advocate for it. So... My lovely daughter, Lydia, and I end up having uh, daddy-daughter time so, to hang out. And she's 13 now, and she still loves hanging out with us, which is great. So her and I are like, what are we going to do? You know, so we, uh, we go out to dinner. We go and, you know, we play games. We play marbles. My daughter loves marbles. I taught her marbles when she was really little, and she remembered that. And so now she loves playing marbles with me at night. So we play marbles at night and then we play go fish and then we, you know, we play games and we talk and laugh and have a good time. And, um, and so she was like, you know, let's watch movies because my, my wife, she's not a huge movie person. Like she loves to fall asleep to a movie. She loves when I watch a movie because she likes to fall asleep while, while I watch the movie. So my daughter is more like me that she like, cause I grew up with movies. I love movies. I could watch movies all day and all night. And I, I grew up, the movie theater was my escape as a kid. I did not have a wonderful childhood um, and I would escape to the movie theater and for two bucks I would sit in there all day and watch Raiders of the Lost Ark all summer long because my best friend uh, growing up, he would go away for the summer to visit his dad because his parents were divorced and so he would go up north to San Francisco and I was left alone and so I would uh, go and ride my bike to the movie theater down the street and I would watch Raiders of the Lost Ark with whatever else it was playing with because every summer it played and I've seen that movie over 400 times. I, I Anyways... Uh, 
I'm really off on a tangent, but I love movies. I love movies. I love movie theaters. I love going in. I hate that the experience has changed a little. It's not as cool anymore. But anyways, uh, so and we have a big screen here. We have like a projector and a big screen that comes down and all of that here. So we have kind of our own little movie theater. So my daughter's like, what movie are we going to watch? And, I, and, you know, she's like, you know, we've, we've been talking about watching the prequels for a long time. And she grew up with Star Wars. My daughter, as I mentioned in the last podcast, she has grown up with all of the actual Star Wars celebrities and all the people and then watching clips and being part of Star Wars weekends and Star Wars celebration. And she's, she knows everything there is to know about Star Wars, but she has not seen every one of the movies yet. And I know, I know, Obi-Wan Kenobi's daughter hasn't seen the prequels. So I said, let's do it. So we watched The Phantom Menace. Now, look, I'm going to take a sip. Ah, a little sip of tea. I hope if you have a beverage, you enjoyed a little sip of your beverage right then while I did as well. I know many people that are Star Wars fans that do not like the prequels. Some of you hate the prequels. Some of you have a disdain for the prequels. And some of you love the prequels. Some of you really like the prequels. Some of you appreciate the prequels. Here's the deal. When I first saw them, did I love them? I don't know if I loved them. Okay, I didn't. Uh, but I, I appreciated them. Over the years and being involved with all of it for so long. Now, I was involved. I was Obi-Wan Kenobi while the prequels were still being made. That's, in fact, how I became Obi-Wan. So when I say the prequels, I guess I should say more specifically episode one was the one I always kind of had an issue with. I liked Attack of the Clones, but I really loved Revenge of the Sith. I really did. And of course, I was already Obi-Wan at that point. And I, I've seen, I saw parts of it way before it even came out because I was matching, I was doing the video game of Revenge of the Sith when the movie was being made. And so they were showing me scenes, the, you are my brother, Anakin. You know, you are the chosen one. Uh, so I had to match him and everything. So I, I've always loved that movie. I think it's a, a great, really great movie. Um, and Attack of the Clones, again, I think is really pretty good too. And the episode one, I was always kind of like, well, you know, I accept it, you know, <laughs> but I watched it with my daughter and I got to tell you something. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So here's the thing, because again, as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm a positive thinker and I am uh, try to be I try to be an optimist because I am not naturally a positive thinking person. I am not naturally an optimist uh, with some things in my life. Uh, I I. And so I fight against that. And so I have really worked to try and not be that because I find a huge difference in my life being optimistic, being positive, okay? So, you know, sometimes you can very easily, we can get on our high horse. Yeah, it's a stupid movie. <laughs> you know what? Watch it with a kid. Watch it with someone you love that is a kid that has a wonderful kid's imagination. And you're gonna, you're gonna go, you know what? This is a pretty fun story. This is just fun. And the other thing is, is watch it now after all the new Star Wars movies have come out and everything, which, you know, everybody's always asking me about all of them. I'm not going to really get into that much, but I will just say this. This is pure George Lucas Star Wars, okay? This is after all those years of him having made episodes four, five, and six, going, now I'm going to make these. And you watch, so like we watched the prequel, we watched, we watched episode one in its entirety. And then we went and got like, you know, a bowl of ice cream uh, for my daughter. And I ate like, I don't know, whatever I eat. I, I, oh, bowl of granola. Cause that's what I, cause I don't do like sweets and stuff much, but, um, but I make granola. And so then I made that and we ate that and we watched for the next hour and a half, the documentary that comes with that 
the behind the scenes of making episode one. And she was fascinated. Now, the coolest thing was, is, you know, she's seeing all these people she knows, you know, Ahmed Best and uh, Warwick Davis and Ian McDiarmid and uh, uh, Frank Oz and all these people, um, all these people that are part of the film. And so it was great fun for her to watch all of that, but also to see the behind the scenes. And of course, she's met George Lucas before and stuff too. And so that's really fun. And you see like Jet, Lucas, you know, as a little kid and, and Katie and everybody, you know, that we've, we've known and kind of been around all these years. And so it was really fun to watch it that way. But also it just, I don't know, man, for all of you that are just like, no, I don't like the prequels. Forget it. I'm just saying, sit with your kid, watch the movie, give it a chance, be open-minded, have fun with it. Allow yourself to relax and have fun and not sit there and be a Star Wars connoisseur. But be a moviegoer that loves watching movies. Yes, there's holes in it. Yes, there's some acting that is, you know, needing some work here and there. But you know what? And, and, and you know, everybody, lay off the Jar Jar thing, okay? I, I, you know, I guess I've become a bit of a Jar Jar apologist. Now, Ahmed Best is a, is a good friend of mine. I think Ahmed is wonderful. I think he did wonderful. I think he was put in a very tough situation being this character and having no hindsight of how people would react. And I think that people were just out and out cruel about the character of Jar Jar Binks. Because you know what? If you watch movies that were being made before this, that George Lucas was inspired by, that George Lucas grew up with, that George Lucas would be writing from that place. Because again, George is of one generation. You all are probably from another generation. And you grew up with this stuff that he created and then people created based off of what he created and such. And so your palette for movies and stuff was raised from what George grew up. When George was a kid, it was the little Saturday morning cheesy cereals and all of that, that, you know, the, the Buck Rogers and all those things. So that's what he writes from. So you have to appreciate that and just go, you know what? This is fun movie stuff. Look at Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, in my opinion, it's one of the greatest movies ever. It is so great. But you know what? It's also kind of cheesy. And and there are characters in it. You know, the monkey in that is like Jar Jar, you know? So, but people, yeah, they don't care. Or or even, you know, uh, even Sala. Sala is a little bumbly. Oh, oh, Indy, my friend, I am so pleased you are not dead, you know? And then he's whoop, whoop, with the rope and stuff. I mean, there's, there's bits and pieces of Jar Jar Binks in all of these characters. C-3PO is a bit of Jar Jar, a little clumsy kind of, oh, oh, oh dear. You know, all of that. So lay off. Just give it a rest. This expectation people built up of what it needed to be, it couldn't live up to it. You know, it just couldn't live up to it. And it wasn't going to be that movie from George Lucas. So I just think now with hindsight and with with time and then also having a kid and you look back and you look at these movies and you go, you know what? They're just Star Wars. I don't care what any of you say. The prequels now are Star Wars. They are, they feel like Star Wars. And I will say this, I think they feel so much more like Star Wars than the new movies. Anyways, the prequels are, they, they really are fun if you can just kind of watch them from your kid's perspective. Because your kid doesn't look at it like we do. Your kid wasn't seven when they saw A New Hope. And it was brand new and nobody had ever seen anything like that. Your kid at seven watching A New Hope, if you showed your kid A New Hope at seven, they had, you know, depending on however many years it's been, but most of you probably have kids that are, you know, 10, 12, 13, whatever, and you showed it to them a few years ago. They had all of these movies 
that have this amazing technology in front of them now. You know, the Avengers movies and, you know, the Lord of the Rings and all of that. So how can, the, and they've seen that stuff. So they watch A New Hope and they go, yeah, it's cool, you know. But you watch Phantom Menace or you watch Attack of the Clones or you watch Revenge of the Sith. That feels more like the movies that they have been watching. So that those, they're going to gravitate towards those more. So it's it's impossible. It was a time period. It was a thing that happened. Movies were not Star Wars before Star Wars. They just weren't. So we all experienced it like this. <gasps> so you gotta, you've got to appreciate what the other ones are and where everything has graduated to. If you watch that behind the scenes stuff and you see the, the brilliance of George Lucas and he's talking about, well, we've got to do this. We've got to break new ground and create these things like because they're trying to like, do we create Jar Jar to be, you know, fully CG and stuff too. And he was saying in there, there's a line in there where he's talking about, we have to get this right because we know that all the other movies that follow from this, not just our movies, but other people are going to want this technology and they're going to want to put it in their movies and then it's going to graduate and change. And everything this man has done has made movies the way they are. We would not have these Avengers movies. We would not have even the Lord of the Rings or any of these movies. We would not have Gollum looking the way he did if we did not have George creating this stuff beforehand with, and you know, his people, his money, his uh, Lucasfilm, uh, sound, vision, everything. It is all because of what happened there. But it also has grown and changed and morphed into something newer and different, and it always will. So you cannot judge the prequels against the four, five, and six. You just, you can't. You can say, those are my loves. I love them but I appreciate these, that they're a different part of the story and they tell of a different time period. And, you know, quite frankly, they just, they're, they're a lot more fun than people give them credit. That's really all I wanted to say. <laughs> they're, they're more fun than you give them credit for if you're a hater of the prequels, okay? And if you're just a hater of something, I mean, come on. I mean, look, there's plenty of movies that I just do not like. I get it, I get it. I'm not I'll be honest with I'll, I'll be honest. I have not said this anywhere else. I'll be honest. I am not a huge fan of the new Star Wars movies. I'm not. Okay? They don't speak to me as a Star Wars fan. So with a lot of you, you could say, James, the prequels do not speak to me as a Star Wars fan. I totally get that. But I can watch the new movies and I can go, you know what though? Man, what they achieved in that and stuff and the look and the things and all that, that's pretty cool. You know? And and I see that kids now growing up and this is their Star Wars. They appreciate it. They love it. That's great. That's great. So anyways, that's all it's about. That's, you know, I just, I thought it was just important to do one that just says, you know what? Seeing it through the eyes of a 13-year-old, because my daughter has said to me now in the last couple of days, she goes, you know what, daddy? I like the prequels better. Better than four, five, and six. And she goes, and I like those. Those are fun movies. But I just like, they just feel, you know, she just, it's, it's more her story. It's just more of her story. So there you go. And and the whole Padme and Anakin thing and all of that, you know, it's in, that's an important storyline. And it is an important, uh, I mean, all, all of it is important. And yes, there are so many other ways it all could have gone. Isn't it funny that now you can say the prequels and it only means Star Wars. Now, because you could look at The Hobbit. That's the prequels, right? Funny thing about The Hobbit. Now, was I a fan of The Hobbit? Nah, not really. Huge, huge Lord of the Rings fan here. All three of the Lord of the Rings films, the extended versions, my wife and I, we watch them at least once a year. We go through and watch all of them. We show them to my daughter. She liked them. She didn't love them. She liked them. 
Uh, my wife and I love them. They are beautiful, brilliant, wonderful movies. The Hobbit, eh, I think it should have been one film. I really do. I think it should have been one uh, three-hour film that told the whole thing and just uh, because the book was just a little book. But the Lord of the Rings books were big books, and there you go. Anyways, uh, but when we say prequels now, we always know we're talking about Star Wars. Isn't that funny? What did I think when I heard they were going to make prequels? And did I go out in, in the 90s and watch the uh, special editions of uh, Star Wars and stuff? Yes, we all did. It was exciting to see Star Wars in the theaters again. It was exciting to see what was going to be new. Even though we were all kind of angry that he was putting all these like little animated new things in and stuff. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's different. But yet at the same time, can you blame him? I don't know. I, I know some of you are going, yes. But at the same time, it's all there now i don't know it is what it is but what what did i think was going to be the uh storyline for phantom menace first off i think a uh, pretty good title what do you think of that the phantom menace i think it's a good title i don't really know what it means but i think it's a good title star wars episode one the phantom menace sounds good uh here's so when I went in, I'm thinking, or when I heard they were going to make it and they were going to tell the story of Darth Vader as a child, Anakin Skywalker as a child, I'm thinking the omen, <laughs> you know, honestly, little Damien, you know, kind of like, eh, but, but, but with a not so evil of an edge, but like this kid that is very kind of, he's, he's got some issues and instead he was like, hi, I'm Anakin, you know, and uh, so it was not what I expected. It was not what I expected. I wanted to see that there was this like they, the the Jedi, you know, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Love that. Still love that. You know, people always ask me. I remember I did a panel years ago at a Star Wars celebration. And it was like things we love about why we love the prequels. And they and they got to me. It was like Kyle Newman and, and there was other people in the panel and stuff. And, and James, why do you love the prequels? I said two words, Ewan McGregor and the place exploded, you know. Because Ewan was fantastic uh, as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, uh, of course, he gave me a career in the world of Star Wars with that as well. And so I'm much, much obliged. But uh, so I I was thinking, yeah, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, love that. The whole thing. Let's find out about Obi-Wan as a young Jedi. And he had a master and everything and teaching him. And, uh, you know, I, I love that. But that, you know, they go off to this planet. And it could be Tatooine. That's great. Why not Tatooine? Sure. And they're there for whatever reason, you know, they have to get there. And there's this kid and he's maybe he's, he's, I, I, you know, I picture him not having any parents and just kind of all, you know, not Tarzan like, but kind of, you know, street wild street kid kind of thing, you know, and, uh, and then he's, they, they, they see him using the force and he doesn't even know really what he's got, but he's powerful. He doesn't realize it. And he's using it not always for good and not always for bad, but he's, you know, he's kind of, he's like stealing food and stuff and he's trying to kind of live and stuff. And then there's like bad guys and, and then he's using it against them. And then they come in and kind of, like, whoa, dude, we're going to teach you the ways of the force and we're going to explain what the force really is. And we're going to show you how to use it. And then like, it, it seems like, oh, this is all kind of going good. And it's good. You know, the whole movie is just this. You know, it's just it, none of the politics or anything that was going on, but just this whole thing, right? This The whole movie is them discovering this kid, befriending this kid. They are then, uh, you know, finding out about him, finding out about his past, where he came from, all of this stuff. It's kind of mysterious. 
and they think he's kind of with them and it's good. And then he kind of turns on them and then they kind of, kind of go back and it's a little back and forth. And, and they're like, we've got to really be careful with this kid. And then they take him back to the Jedi temple and Yoda and them. And they're all, first off, also, let me just say this, by the way, really kind of silly in, in, in the Phantom Menace when they say he's too old. He's like, he's like a little kid. Come on. Anyways. Okay. So I digress. But anyways, because, because Yoda said the same of, of Luke. Well, it should have been the very first because Luke is like 50 compared to Anakin. <laughs> all right. No, anyways. So, so back to James's version. So they take him to the Jedi temple and, and, and I'm kind of making all this up as I go along here. So, but, uh, but this was always what's kind of been kicking around in my head all these years of what I thought it would have been. And, and they bring him in and even Je uh, Master Yoda and Mace and all of them, they're all kind of like, wow, yeah, no, this kid, I don't know, there's something. And then, but they all buy into it, that he's okay, that he's good, you know, and that you know, we can mold him and fix him and all of that. And then we kind of pull out and we're almost seeing like, you know, uh, from like Lord of the Rings, you know, kind of like uh, Chris, Christopher Lee's character, you know, uh, kind of looking through a crystal ball, but it's like Ian McDermott, it's the emperor kind of looking kind of an eye into the Jedi temple watching and seeing that he's infiltrated them with this little boy. And it's like, yes. And the movie ends, a Phantom Menace, you know. And then you bring Darth Maul in in the second movie and the third movie. And Darth Maul is throughout the whole first three movies. And, and Anakin has to kill Darth Maul at the end. And it, you know, and it turns into a thing there. And, uh, you know, I don't know. That's those are my thoughts because we all have our thoughts. Look, I'm fine with the prequels the way they are. I accept them as how they are. That's canon. That is what it is. I'm just saying it's fun to talk about what I think, you know, or what anybody else thought. Oh, they could have been, or what they should have been, or what you know. I have thoughts about what they could have done with uh, with the new movies too, which are very different. I mean, I, my my thought of Last Jedi was completely different than than uh, what what it was, and so uh, there you go. So kind of making this one uh, an all kind of Star Wars-y kind of uh, thing. But do not do not fear if you are listening to the James Arnold Taylor podcast and you're not a Star Wars fan. I hope you haven't turned it off already. But I hope you know that the next episodes will be, uh, I'm going to talk about Ratchet and Clank. I'm going to talk about Final Fantasy. I'm going to talk about uh, Marvel and DC and all the other things I work in. I'm going to talk about uh, other things that are going on in my life and just my own personal life and stuff that I do and all that. So join me for more of them. We're going to let's, you know what, let's take some questions. You can email me at jamesarnoldtaylor.com. Go to the chat show button up in the top right corner. Click on that, then go down to the drop-down menu and it says choose a topic. Please choose a topic and please make it Jatcast or the Jat James Arnold Taylor podcast one. There's a little drop-down for that. Submit your questions there and I will get them. Take a look and if uh, there are good questions that I feel I can answer, I will answer them here on the Jatcast, which is what I'm going to do right now. Okay, uh, let's see. Ask Jat question number one comes from Tara or Tara. I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's T-A-R-A. -A. Some people say Tara, some people say Tara. Suffolk, Tara Suffolk, Tara Suffolk. Okay, so Tara, I hope I'm pronouncing your name properly. You are from the USA and you've sent me this question. Can you please talk about Batman, the Brave and the Bold on a Jat Drive? So uh, for those of you that subscribe to the James Arnold Taylor YouTube channel, you know Jat Drives are where I take a drive and I have the GoPro up and I just talk about it. And I certainly could talk about it there, but this is also why we have the podcast. So she says you, she wants me to talk about the Brave and the Bold. More importantly, the Music Meister episode. Have you done singing for a show before? What is your singing background? I'm curious about it and have been for a couple years. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you, Tara. Tara. 
<laughs> See, I can't not say both because I don't know how you pronounce it, but I want to pronounce it right for you. So, um, Batman, The Brave and the Bold. I don't know if anybody saw that show. We did two seasons. It was a fantastic show. A little hot tea. I'm um, drinking, sorry. And I played Green Arrow, and I played Guy Gardner as well, who was a Green Lantern. And that was basically like a Dennis Leary type voice. Yeah, Guy Gardner, you're a tough guy. And... Um, and Green Arrow was pretty much just this, my regular voice. So there was an episode that was a musical called The Music Meister. And uh, it was pretty great. Neil Patrick Harris played The Music Meister because he's an amazing singer and performer. And he also does some voiceover. And, uh, you know, Neil Patrick Harris, of course, he played Doogie Howser and he was on How I Met Your Mother. And he's a very talented uh, Broadway performer, mu- magician, writer, producer, director, um, and uh, so he played the music meister and we had a lot of fun. He was not, I was not in the studio with him, but we had a lot of fun doing that and creating the music for that. Uh, the, the folks that created the music for that did a, a fantastic job. And uh, we just had so much fun. I have sung before. I do sing uh, from time to time. If the check cashes. No. Um, and I've sung everything from the national anthem at a Dodger game on Star Wars night and God bless America to uh, singing on other cartoons. Sure, I've sung on plenty of Disney shows where I've sung as my characters. I was a skunk that had no smell on uh, My Friends Tigger and Pooh and I sang a song there. I've sung I, just countless actually songs and things on different Doc McStuffins and uh, things like that. I also sung on the radio all the time for uh, parody songs and things that I did on the radio. And I, uh, everything from uh, Def Leppard to The Doors and um, uh, Bono and uh, Tears for Fears. I, I've sung uh, sound alikes for all of those things and Coca Cola commercials and things. And so, yes, I, but I sung as a Green Arrow and the, the actually the last song. I sung throughout the chorus of most of the songs on The Music Meister. Pretty much every song in there, I'm in the background singing. But uh, specifically at the end of the show, there's a song that I do with uh, Black Canary, which is, of course, voiced by Gray Delisle, who is a beautiful, wonderful singer. Gray is a musician. She actually is like a Grammy award-winning singer. So no pressure at all for me to be singing alongside her. But we sang a song at the end uh, that was um, very fun. I've got it in my head right now. But uh, uh, so if you don't know it, you know, go to YouTube and check out the uh, the Music Meister, Batman the Brave and the Bold, the Music Meister, and you can see uh, Green Arrow singing. And you can hear me singing uh, there on that. You can also see it on my, oh, you know what? If you go to my uh, my jamesarnoldtaylor.com and check out my demos, my new animation demo. It's the very last thing on the demo there. You can hear me singing. So uh, we had a lot of fun that day. Andrea Romano, who is the fantastic uh, voice director, directed us through the singing on that, along with the uh, composers of of the episodes. Um, well, the uh, Brave and the Bold theme was done by Andy Sturmer, but uh, Lolita, forgive me, Lolita, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, Rit Manis, and then Christopher Carter, did the music and they are wonderful they were so fun Lolita and Christopher were so much fun to work with they were so kind because I am not you know I'm not a trained singer by any length and uh, they were so uh, wonderful to help me through that and and because uh, there were, I think there were some notes at the end you know that ended up being too high and I changed it and stuff and so uh, we just had a blast on that episode and when it came out it was so fun and now at Comic Cons and stuff they do sing-alongs and I actually went to one and sang my part uh, which was a lot of fun. So that was great. So thank you, Tara, Tara, uh, Suffolk, uh, for asking that question there. Great question. Let's see. Now, this is an interesting question here uh, from Mark Kohler. And Mark is from the United States. 
And he asked, hi, James, I was wondering if you could help me find a voiceover school in Southern California. There's so many, I don't know which one to choose. Well, I didn't know there were any voiceover schools in Southern California or anywhere else, Mark. So uh, I'm surprised to hear that. Uh, I don't, a voiceover school, I, gosh, I don't know. I know of people that teach classes, certainly in Los Angeles, a lot of voice actors teach classes, everybody from Richard Horvitz to Steve Bloom, and uh, all in between, there's many, many people that teach voiceover. Uh, people have asked me if I would ever teach it. I teach classes occasionally from time to time at the, the Don LaFontaine Voiceover Lab, which I am a member of, a board member of. But uh, actual schools that teach voiceover, I am uncertain of that, Mark. I'm sorry, I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. Okay, and the next question, it comes from Ryan Burton. Uh, of the USA. Ryan asks, uh, says, Hi, James. I'm a big fan of your work. I love watching your videos. In the past, you said that you don't do voice work for anime shows. My question is, do you like anime? I would love to hear your thoughts on the subject and hear your experiences watching them if you have. Perhaps in another Jat Drive or something like that. Thanks for reading, Ryan Burton. Thank you, Ryan. Okay, many people ask me about anime. Now, anime is a different form of voice acting than I do. I have voiced some anime or some things that teeter on the verge of anime. Some of my first work was done in uh, was working with some Japanese companies and even even Final Fantasy X kind of uh, is in that world of especially within the acting beats and the cadence and the way that you do it. Now anime usually is, of course, animation that is done in Japan and then brought here and then it is redubbed in English. So it is not so normally when I do a cartoon, we voice it all here first before any animation is done. Then they animate to our voices, and that's how they do it in Japan. But when they dub it, we come in and we dub the voice. So you watch it, you try to match the lip flap and everything, and, and it's a it's a tricky uh, thing to do if you do not have experience doing it. They play you three little beeps, you're watching the video as it goes, so you're looking at the video, you're also looking down with one eye on your script to kind of do that, because you have to kind of memorize the lines. You hear the beeps and you know that's when you come in and then you say the lines. There's also a particular style to anime acting that is, uh, uh, again, it's a little different and it's, um, it's a little, sometimes, and I don't mean this with disrespect, I mean it's a little stilted kind of, you know, like, hey, what's going on? Let's go over there. And I think some of that came from the fact that you are matching a voice and you are trying to lip flap match and stuff like that. And it's a, a dub. Just like if you hear a dubbed versions of American stuff in another language, if you speak that language and you speak English as well, but you watch it, you go, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not perfect. It's not because you're never acting it the way you normally would act it if you were the only actor acting it. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, because you're kind of stepping in and going over something that has already been done. It's almost like tracing. So anime has its own style. So I don't, um, you know, I don't watch a lot of anime, I'll be honest, uh, but it doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. And I have many friends that are great anime uh, actors and everybody from, you know, Steve Bloom to Yuri Lowenthal uh, to Bryce Pappenbrook and all, all these folks um, that have done a lot of anime work and do great work, uh, really do. Uh, Chris Sabat, uh, all these folks that that I just think the world of, and they're they're wonderful actors, and they do great stuff. So, 
but I don't uh, I don't do it and not a lot of it is done in Los Angeles most of it is done in Texas and different places and so that's also why I don't end up doing a lot of anime if it came to me and I was asked to do it uh, and it was a project you know where they were like oh we'd love to have you on it I certainly would look at it and see uh, if it was uh, something that fit my you know the character and the work I do but I just I don't do a lot of it and uh, but I, I think it's great and I'm I'm appreciative for everybody that is anime fans that actually like me and like my voice and like the acting that I've done that has been in that kind of in that world a little here and there there was a show I did called Dinosaurs that was it was kind of anime style uh, I did that in the late 90s uh, early 2000s I did that and such and so yeah but uh, so there you go that's that's my thoughts on anime I think it's all great stuff it's just it's very different than what I normally do here's a quick one from Joseph Law in New Zealand Joseph asks did you enjoy voicing the Flash and do you read any of DC's comics the Flash is my all time favorite superhero I, as a kid, read The Flash all the time. I have probably 200 Flash comics still. To this day, I kept all of them. I love The Flash. It was always my dream as a voice actor to voice The Flash in one way or another. I got to voice him first in Young Justice uh, in the second season. And uh, I then have been the voice of Lego Flash for the last three or four years. And I love voicing him. In fact, we just had a movie, Lego Flash, uh, came out uh, this last year. And it's been doing very well. And it's a lot of fun. And I am the voice of the Flash in it. And I love, love, love voicing the Flash. Thanks for your question, Joseph. Thank you, everybody, for uh, sending your questions to me. I'm going to answer more each time we do the Jat podcast and the Jatcast. And if you want to send one, you can do so. JamesArnoldTaylor.com. Click on the Jat Show button. Go down and choose the topic Jatcast or James Arnold Taylor podcast and send me a question and it'll come into the email here and then I will look at it and if I like it and feel it's appropriate to read so you know make sure it's clean and appropriate and all of that I will do my best to answer it here also we're going to try to figure out ways of having calls come in live and you can actually ask me questions live on the James Arnold Taylor podcast. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I hope you subscribe to it and uh, get it regularly. I also hope you would check out all my subscribe to my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Okay. The more people I get on there, the more stuff I can do there as well. And subscribe to me on social media so you can talk to me and uh, tell me what you think and all that. Okay. It's Jat Actor at Jat Actor is my handle on social media. I guess I should have had uh, Mr. Announcer Guy come in and do that, shouldn't I? Sorry, Mr. Announcer Guy. That's all right, James. I was eating a sandwich. Oh, well, everybody's got to eat. Hey, so now here's the one part of the show where I don't talk to myself. I talk to other people that I've talked to in the past. What? Yes, I know. It sounds weird. This is the part of the show where I play you a snippet from one of the many, 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 many interviews I've done with many, many different people in many, many worlds of... Star Wars. Well, I know it's all probably kind of just Star Wars stuff. But uh, last time we had a little interview with uh, a snippet from my interview with Frank Oz. Today, let's go back and do a piece from one of my other favorite people in the world of Star Wars, Sir Ian McDermott, the voice of the Emperor. Now, Ian and I uh, go back uh, as far as Celebration, was it six, five or six, when I interviewed him the first time. And uh, that was the first time he ever really did like a big interview like that, either on the main stage at a Star Wars celebration. So it was really exciting. It was really fun. And it was really nerve wracking at the same time because I didn't know how he was going to be, if he was going to like me, know me, care about me or anything. And, you know, and he's very proper and uh, and 
and lovely and wonderfully well-trained and all of that. And so we're on this big stage. This was in Orlando, Florida. And I am hosting the main stage of celebration for the first time that year. And, you know, I was, was going to be interviewing Mark Hamill, uh, Carrie Fisher, and uh, Ray Park, all the Boba Fetts, Warwick Davis, uh, you know, so many. I was on stage with uh, George Lucas. We had Seth, uh, Seth Green and all of his folks doing stuff for um, detours and selling all of that stuff. And, of course, hopefully detours will come out at some point, at some day, in some time, in some world. And, um, and, and so Ian McDermott was one of my first interviews. I, I think it was actually, yeah, like first day or something we did that. So this is a clip of me and Ian chatting, having a little chat with uh, the Emperor. So take a listen to Ian McDermott on the James Arnold Taylor podcast. So now if I said two words to you, I've heard, I've heard you talk about this before. If I said great nose, yeah. would that mean anything to you? Yes, that takes me back to the very first time I met George Lucas. I was in a play at the Royal Court Theatre in London, which is a very small theatre, and I was playing an American, a very well-known American, or rather a version of him, Howard Hughes, uh, in Sam Shepard's play, Seduced. He's called Henry Hackamore in that. And uh, I was very old in that. I had the long hair and the fingernails, and I was surrounded by two charming handmaidens and a guy who connected me to my life support systems. And the casting director of Star Wars, Mary Selway, who was a remarkable woman, sadly no longer with us, saw that show. And I got a call, my agent got a call, one lunchtime, uh, saying George Lucas would like to meet Ian. That was all and uh, a car will arrive shortly. Well, I was looking outside the window and the car had already arrived. <laughs> so I He's welcome good. to the Star Wars universe, yeah. <laughs> so I got in and uh, when I went down to the studios, it was lunchtime and George and Richard Marquand, the director, as you all know of Return of the Jedi, were having their lunch um, and they just started shooting. So I thought, well, they must have cast everything by now. This is very strange. Anyway, we didn't talk about the picture. We didn't talk about movies. I can't remember what we talked about. Lunch, probably. <laughs> and uh, it was a nice interview. And I thought, well, it'd be nice, nice to have met George and Richard. And uh, I'll just go home now. And as I was going out of the door, George said, hey, great nose. Which is important. I, I know, I know. Well, it's just very nice. Yeah. But I, I, later on, I realized what he meant. But I thought, well, uh, my actor's instinct told me that maybe something was happening. And when I got back home, the phone was ringing again, and it was my agent who said, you've got the part. I said, well, that's great. What's the part? He looked up his notes, and he said, he's called the Emperor of the Universe. <laughs> I said, okay, I guess we'll be doing it. So, uh, and that's how it all started. And of course the nose, because then, you know, that's Yeah, well, the really nose was the only see. thing that wasn't the prosthetic, really. <laughs> and obviously they could save on the budget. I think that was, as, it, was as, it was as simple as that. So it was nice to say. And then the voice, now originally in Empire, Clive Revel had done the voice. So you were asked to kind of match his tone and sound at first, or was it? Yeah. I was a real novice to the whole Star Wars world, really. I'd seen the first movie, New Hope, as we now know it, uh, but I hadn't seen Shameful, uh, The Empire Strikes Back. But they gave me a tape, and I saw it, and I said, well, who was that? Right. But they said, oh, well, it's this actress in a sort of monkey mask with Clive Revel's voice. And uh, Richard Markman said, if you can get sort of close to Clive's voice, maybe George will let you keep yours. 
I had no idea it was going to be taken away from me. I thought, my God. Is, it, is there a surgical operation halfway through the movie I should know about? Anyway, when I looked at my horrible face, I mean his horrible face, um, Palpatine, as we later knew to call him, um, I thought, well, I think he needs to sound different. He needs to sound a bit deeper. And let's face it, he looks like a black, slimy toad. <laughs> so uh, I, I started to think, well, what does a black, slimy toad sound like? And I, uh, uh, this sort of started, you know, uh, uh, in me. And I thought, well, I wonder if it would be possible to speak on that kind of level. And I know that some great Japanese actors, theater actors, can do that. So I sort of worked at it, because I thought that voice might, might fit that face. And so when we did the scenes, I did it in that voice. And nobody said anything. So I thought, well, I'd probably like it. Um, but I didn't know that the whole film, of course, was going to be revoiced because of the technology, because they couldn't capture what they now can. So you did ADR at that, did after that? Yeah. yeah, and then I didn't really know, I suppose, I was going to get that voice until um, I went along to the dubbing studio, the ADR studio, and there was George, of course, and Steven Spielberg, and a colleague of his, and, and I did a little bit, and Steven Spielberg said, oh my God, you're so evil. <laughs> so I, I thought, oh, I'm going to get to keep the voice. <laughs> yeah. Lucky me. <laughs> you know, what a delightful man. So afterwards, we really hit it off. And then he went on to do Star Wars Weekends with us. He did Star Wars Celebration again. Um, and he, he was just always wonderful and lovely. I just saw him uh, about three weeks ago at Salt Lake City, where I was uh, doing a con there. And uh, we were doing an Obatine wedding. That's a whole other episode for another time, the Obatine wedding. I'll tell you all about that, but you've probably also seen it on my YouTube channel already. And if not, you can check it out on my YouTube channel. Look for Obatine wedding and you'll find that. But anyways, Ian was there. And uh, what a lovely, uh, lovely gentleman and a wonderful human being, uh, incredibly talented and not like the emperor at all. Although maybe he's tricking us. Maybe he really is. Maybe he's like Palpatine, where you go. He was so nice, and I just I had a I had a wonderful dinner, and then we went to the opera, and then he told me stories of how he was going to kill everyone. <laughs> no, that's not it. That's not true at all. Okay, sorry. Uh, so there you go. Nice little interview section here on the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Hey, speaking of interview sections, it's time for me to be interviewed by. Uh, cue the first off. Let's hit that music. That means it's time to get to know Jat. Reginald, don't call me Reggie, is uh, here to uh, interview me. Reginald, how are you? You did it again, James. I know, I, I called you Reggie, and I do it just to harass you. Please don't. Right, so, how are you? I'm quite well. And yourself? I'm quite well as well. Did you like that interview with Ian McDiarmid? He's a, uh, he's a, well, he's not a Brit, is he? No, he's not. He's Scottish? Yes, a wonderful human being. I enjoyed that interview. I wish it was someone more like myself doing the interview. I would have asked him more proper questions than you. Well, that's, you know, that's just not even nice. That's not even nice of you to say about me at all. You know, I love you. Yes, I know. Okay. So, uh, so what's your big question for me today on Get to Know Jat? Right. What are your hopes and dreams for the James Arnold Taylor podcast and beyond? What are my hopes and dreams for the podcast and beyond? 
Why must you always repeat the question I ask you right after I ask you? Why must I always repeat the question that you... Stop that. You want me to stop that? Uh, oh, now you're frustrated. <laughs> okay. Now, um, my hopes and dreams for this podcast uh, and beyond uh, are... I think that with the podcast, I'm finding, first off, it's fun to do voices. It's fun to entertain people. It's fun to talk to uh, these other characters on the show like yourself. Right, right, right. But ultimately, my goal in this is not just to entertain people, but to inspire them to see what they themselves can pursue and do and achieve within their own lives. So I like... I like this segment of the show because it gives me the chance to kind of talk about the other things that aren't just kind of pop culture. You know, we talked about the prequels earlier in the show. We talked about, um, uh, we took uh, Q&A from people writing in and stuff about, you know, things that I've done uh, voiceover wise. But I like uh, my own personal life on a day-to-day basis. I am working to retrain my brain, to rework my thoughts into the most positive ways that I can on a regular basis. Um, Practicing mindfulness. Right, 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 right. Mindfulness is, now for those people that don't know, and you you spoke about it before, but being mindful of everything in your environment, taking in those moments and feeling them. That's right. So I practice that. I practice meditation. And that's not to sound all mystic or anything, because, you know, I'm I'm a Christian. So I... Uh, if I practice meditation, it's kind of like an expanded version of prayer. So, um... When I think of this podcast, I add it to my my time of meditation and prayer and uh, in that all of the people listening to this will walk away inspired knowing that they can achieve things. So I see the podcast going on, becoming a bigger thing than just me kind of doing little voices and talking about Star Wars and stuff like that. I see it as a thing, a vehicle to hopefully use to start inspiring people to pursue their own dreams and inspiring people to help themselves. Because I personally have had a lot of struggles in my own life that have dealt with just, you know, ADD, ADHD rather, um, keeping my brain from being overly active and then that being a detriment to my own health, you see. Right. Explain exactly what that means. You say a detriment to your own health from having these things. Why, why is that? Well, as you get older, you... Your brain not wanting to turn off all the time can actually be a detriment and it can it can cause issues in your health and stuff because you start to worry, you start to internalize, you start to take everything in and you never shut it off. And so your 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 body gets kind of stuck in this mode they call fight or flight. Right. Fight or flight is the uh, kind of that um, old way of thinking, you know, uh, it, way, way back in the old, our, our ancestors, if they were being chased by, say, a lion, they had fight or flight kicked in. They had to survive. We now, in this world, even though, yes, there are dangers in this world, we don't have to deal with as much of the fight or flight. That's right. You know, uh, I mean, they say, really, I was reading this uh, in, a, in a book recently that was saying that, you know, that's like point zero 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 one percent of your life where you're truly in a state of true fight or flight, run for your life type of thing. Yet we spend 
you know, 99% of our time kind of in that high beta, as they call it. The brain has all these different waves, the beta, the alpha, you know, waves. And we should be in regular beta and we are always in this high beta state, meaning we're just too amped up. Technology and all this stuff. Now, granted, you're all listening to this podcast. You're listening to it, you know, on your on your um, smartphone or in your car or on your computer or whatever. And we're on technology. And so there's part of me that kind of struggles with this, Reginald, because, you know, in order for me to kind of put my message out there, I have to kind of engage in social media, engage in all of the technology that is all around us that I'm wanting everybody to kind of take a break from. Right. It's a bit of a catch-22 for you. But at the same time, there is time to take and get away. So what can they do after they hear the podcast? What you can do after you listen to this podcast is you can put it all down for a while. Take a break. I encourage you to go outside, go for a walk. You know, every night my wife and I, we go for a walk in our neighborhood. Now, we're, we're very blessed to live in a, in a place where uh, it's a beautiful neighborhood and we can walk around. There's people walking their dogs and stuff. And there's a, a golf course and we walk through the golf course and stuff after the golfers are done at night. And we watch the birds and we watch nature and all of that. But, uh, you know, not everybody has that. But wherever you live, I mean, even if we're gone, if we're on vacation or we go to like New York City or someplace, you get out and you walk and you take it all in. There's there's always time to get out and 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 live and breathe in nature too. Now, sometimes also though, uh, yes, because I see you're nodding. You're not, what are you, you're nodding. You're not, you're not naughty. Uh, you're nodding. Yes. Yes. I'm nodding because of course, being from Britain, you've got a lot of rain. You've got a lot of weather. Other people have snow. They can't just get out and walk, James. And now of course, we're in the fall. We're going to go into the winter and all of that. Right. But you can take moments to get out and breathe and get away from the devices. And that's really it. So my my goal for this uh, podcast would be that um, <laughs> it doesn't overtake people's lives. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. You know, because that's the trick. I, I want people to listen to the show, but I, I want people to get off of their devices. I want people to stop being on their devices uh, all the time. Look, you don't need to check your phone all the time. Okay. If you're watching, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're checking your device, you're checking your email, you're checking your stuff, stop it. And I'm going to guess I at least caught one or two people. Like, ah, no, stop it. You don't need to be on these things all the time. We are, we are becoming addicted to this stuff. And what we're doing is we're retraining our brains to be addicted to these things. And that's not good. So use this podcast as an influencer for you to stop doing so much of this. (laughs) If that makes sense. I actually think it does, James, because people can take what they want from different things and you use that and you put that, uh, put it aside, right? So I have my time on my device. I get home, I take a look, I check things, I text, and and you were telling me you were having this conversation with your daughter about it. Right, because we got uh, my daughter a cell phone for the first time and she's 13 and we felt that was way too young for a cell phone. We really did. Right. But most of her friends already had them, right? But yes, I mean, like 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, have cell phones, even younger, some of them. And so, uh, but she goes to ballet and we need to communicate with her. Sometimes she's out early or they go, they run late. That's really what it is. And it's just down the street from us. It's a few miles down the street, but still she's able to then communicate to us. And then also see all the ballet that they do the Nutcracker. They do these big presentations and all the girls that are on their little text loops. And, you know, we, she was like the last kid in this entire school that did not have a cell phone and everybody was making fun of her. Now, we didn't do it for peer pressure, but we did it uh, to allow her to kind of be a part of all of that too. So she has, you know, rules and, and restrictions on it though. So she knows that like, look, 
four o'clock each day, that's my time to kind of send some texts. And for a half an hour, she can spend some time texting and stuff. But we've also had to teach her, you do not need to then reply every single time somebody, bling, you know, that comes up and you get a text. You can, you can do it later in the day. Most people, you know, I mean, like I, with me and my friends, uh, you and I, Reginald, right, I would never text you. You text, you've texted me a couple times, right, maybe a couple times, but anyways, go ahead. No, so like, you know, if you text me earlier in the day and ask me a question, you're not offended by the fact that I don't get back to you until the, you know, two or three in the afternoon later or something, right? I'm offended by anything you do, but no, no, I'm not. No, I can't. I'm not. That's right. You're not offended. I'm not offended by it either. You know, if, if I text somebody in the day and, you know, I don't expect them to just be like right on it. So we all have to like get off of that. We don't need to check our email all the time. We don't need to check our social media all the time. We don't need to take pictures of all the food we're eating. We don't need to post everything, everything about our lives all the time. It just doesn't need to happen. So my hope and dreams for this show and beyond kind of go into that in that I want to try and create uh, media and things and, a, and, a, and really kind of what I see as a ministry um, to the world, showing everybody the things that we can take breaks from and the things that we can take in in the world so we all can become more uh, uh, balanced human beings. Because uh, if you're like me and you uh, end up having something like ADHD or something, these things just add to it. And they just add stress and uh, they add to your environment that you don't need. You need to learn how to sleep and rest and eat right and all that. And that's what I hope to accomplish as well by bringing some of that into the show as well. Right, I think we're going to even talk more about food and all of those things in a later podcast. That's right. That's right. I've, I've looked at your cheat sheet. Don't look at my notes, James. I'm sorry. Well, anyways, okay, so uh, great time. Thank you, Reginald. Don't call me Reggie. And um, where can everybody find you? Right here on this show. Oh, right. You're not a real person. No, I'm not. That's right. I forgot. Okay, so that's the Get to Know Jet segment. Uh, Reginald just, uh, yeah, he just walked out. <laughs> okay, so, you know, I did the Q&A earlier in the show this time. Normally, I'll probably put it uh, near the end, but I may put it in the middle there. You never know. This is what I love about all of this. This is just me talking to you, having fun, explaining things about how I live and I work and all of that. Now, I will say that, you know, I... um. I want to talk about voiceover for a bit because voiceover is one of those things that I think most of us take for granted. What do I mean by that? What I mean is you hear voices all over. I hear many voices in my head. <laughs> Let's see what I did. Okay, never mind. Um, but we we kind of take it for granted that there's always just these kind of voiceovers. Like when you explain to somebody that doesn't know what voiceover is or had never really thought about it, and then you tell them, you know, oh, this is what I do is I go in and I do the up next coming to this or or use only as director or this or that or the other. Or I'm the voice on the commercial or I'm the voice in the cartoon. They go, I guess I never really thought about that, that there's somebody like on a microphone somewhere in a little padded room saying those lines. And you go, yeah. But most of you that are listening to this show do think of that because many of you want to be voice actors. So, you know, we've covered that in the Q&A and stuff too about voice acting and what do you do? And of course, my YouTube channel is a resource for you. And that's why I created all of these videos. There's many videos on there that are taking you into my voiceover booth at home here at the home studio and just showing you what it's like on a session. Because for me, here's the thing. So many of you are like, I want to take classes. Do you offer classes? Would you teach classes? Would you do that? Who do you recommend? 
And I, there are wonderful classes. I'm not besmirching. I like to use the word besmirching. I'm not besmirching. I said it again. Classes. But I feel for me personally, the best way to learn something is to watch it. So that's why I created the channel. Give you those opportunities to watch me working in the booth with different directors, different producers, different ways of going and doing things. And it just shows you how it is. And that, I think, gives you great experience. I really do. That's how I learned when I was a kid and I got into radio. And I would just go in and I'd watch the DJs who are now like my old friends who I love dearly, uh, Terry James and uh, Jane Asher and Mark Avery, all these wonderful people, Roger Mayer, Russ Motla. These people... They helped form me by me watching them in the studio. These were radio DJs that I worked with when I was a kid. When I was 17, I got into the local radio station and I would watch them. And then within a short amount of time, I had my own show because I was watching. I just watched it all. Nobody said, I'm going to sit down and teach you how to do this. I watched it. And then I would go in in the production room at night and I would try it myself. And then I, I figured it out. So... For me, if you are naturally inclined to something, you have a love for something, you will do whatever it takes to figure it out. You won't just wait for somebody to give you a handout or a foot, a leg up, as they say, a foot up, a leg up, and you will watch and figure out. So go to my YouTube channel, watch the videos if you uh, want to know about voiceover. That's a great way to learn. And, you know, I'm always trying to put more videos out, but this has taken up some of my time here doing the podcast. And, you know, having a life and, and doing work. So I just got out of the booth for a session where I did it. And, you know, my voice is, a little, I woke up a little kind of, a little Mallory, whoa, wait a second, a little Michael J. Fox scratchy kind of way today here, right? Um, which just naturally happens in my voice, <clears throat> but allergens in the air and all of that. And I had to do, so it's worse now because I was doing this where I had to talk really high energy for a very long time and I was had to do this and you had to, I had, it was about, there were 30 second commercial and a 15 second commercial that I had to do. And the 30 second commercial was about 35 to 36 seconds of copy 40. If I relaxed. Okay. What do I mean by copy? Copy is the script. Okay. And what do I mean by the time? Uh, normally if it's a 30 second commercial, the copy should be about 25 seconds of copy. So the actor can then act through it. But a lot of times what happens, and it's nobody's fault, they have so many key points that they need to put in there that the, um, you know, the client that, that has hired them to do this, the hires the advertising agency to get this point in and that point in, and we need to hit this and we need to hit that. So I was in this uh, spot and I was doing it here from my home studio and I had all this copy I had to fit in. And it was in this really kind of high energy voice, this younger voice that I was doing. And, you know, I'm, I know I look younger Although now that when people see me with a beard, which I do not have right now, I shaved it off. Um, I look pretty young. So people think I'm about 10 years younger than I am most of the time. But, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm, an, I'm, I'm not an old man. I'm not. I'm not at all. But I'm 49 years old. Okay. So a lot of you that are listening going, wow, James, you're old. But, <laughs> but I don't sound old. I don't feel old. And none of that. You know, I'm, I'm totally vibrant. But doing this for a really long time and talking really high energy and doing all this and trying to scram, cram everything in in a really short time. I was like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> like, I need to, I need to go lie down. No. Um, but it's because of having to fit 
this amount of copy into this thing into a short amount of time. And you really have to, so, so this is what I say to all of you that want to be voice actors. You've got to learn how to do this stuff. You've got to work with time. Everybody pretty much has smartphones and you got little timers on there. We used to, when I was a kid, we had stopwatches and that's how I would do it. I would time it. Like when I was doing radio commercials, we, I literally would have a stopwatch and I'd hit and it would and it would start, you know, and then we got digital ones and they wouldn't make any noise, which was great because you didn't want to make noise while you're recording, but you would then, you know, get, you've got to get all the words in within that time period and make it sound as though you're not just wrestling really fast and you're just trying to get everything in there. It's just in time to save, you know, that just sounds terrible. You want it to sound like it's supposed to be there, but it's in the right time. And then you're hitting all the inflections. You're going up when you want to and when you're talking about something that's really cool. You know, so you need time to act in it too because it's called voice acting. So this is, you know, I've got a little extra time here on this one because I like to make these podcasts about 90 minutes and uh, I'm still doing good on time. And so I thought I will talk to you about voiceover here and give you some of that. So what's the best way you can do that? Well, I think, you know, get that stopwatch out and challenge yourself. Let me find something that, you know, works well. You get a magazine and read, you know, from it. Get a comic book and read from it. Uh, Dr. Seuss, I tell people all the time, is fantastic. So can you read something? First off, can you read it in, you know, read it at a normal, comfortable tone, pace, the first time. And see, and run the stopwatch and see how long that goes. Then challenge yourself. Okay, that took 40 seconds. Can I get that in in 30 seconds? And then can I get that in in 30 seconds and not make it sound like I'm cr- trying to cram it into 30 seconds? Because it is a total art form. Uh, I am very good at it. And I, I'm not saying, uh, I, look, I've been doing this since I was 17. I'm 49. So uh, it is a total art form and you learn it. And it's a radio people, especially really learn it. So a lot of people ask me, do you need to be in radio to get into voiceover? No, but it, it sure don't hurt, man. Why? Well, because radio really taught me all the skills of it. But here's the rub, everybody. Radio isn't radio anymore and podcasting has replaced radio. So it's kind of different. And you guys that are podcasters, you're not really under the same time constraints. Now, when I was working in radio... I would have an hour, you know, each, each, each hour was kind of, you know, you had the music, so you'd have X amount of songs within the hour and then you'd have, uh, well, you'd have three commercial breaks and you'd have to play at least three commercials within those breaks. So that's three minutes. So that's nine minutes of commercials in the least bit. I mean, you probably, uh, a lot of times you might have four commercial breaks in an hour, but when I worked in radio and rock radio in Santa Barbara, K-Tide, K-T-Y-D, Santa Barbara's rock station, you know, classic rock station, whatever. Um, we did what we called a 40 minute free ride. Now, what does that mean? It means it was 40 minutes of commercial free music. This was huge back in the eighties, man. This radio station was the coolest thing in the world because we did 40 minute free rides. The first 40 minutes of the hour, there was no commercials, right? So you're like, oh dude, I can power through, get my, get my jams on. Because we played some awesome music. Uh, so uh, it was a rock and roll station. It was a classic rock station. And uh, well, in contemporary, we played, uh, you know, whatever was going on at the, I mean, anything from like In Excess and Billy Idol to Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Cretan's Clearwater Revival, you know, all in between. So um, 
really hip, fun, great stuff, stuff that I grew up listening to, Boston, Chicago, all the other places that are <laughs> bands. Those are band names. Uh, Journey, ELO. Ooh, ELO. I was in the car earlier today listening to ELO, my favorite ELO album, Out of the Blue. Man, that's a good album. If you don't know ELO, you got to listen to ELO. If you all have like Spotify or Apple Music, take some time. This is also, see, this is just kind of the free, free for all, James. I'm talking about all sorts of things here for you, but take some time and listen to some classic rock and roll. ELO, man, these guys, Jeff Lynn is a genius. He's a musical genius. He really is. And he was the sound behind that. It was like, it was like what the Beatles were doing in the, in the late sixties and early seventies of their careers. Uh, like pumped up even more so with technology and synths and everything. It was like inspired by the Beatles. Jeff Lynn was so inspired by them. And so anyways, um, so uh, we would play music like that, but I would have to do commercials. Now I didn't do commercials live. I would pre-record them, but I was the radio station's production director, which meant what? I made the commercials. I wrote and produced all the commercials that went out there. Well, most of them and uh, any of the in-house ones I did. And so that means I, you know, and I got really creative and I came up with all sorts of things and I would do voices and uh, people talking to themselves. That's what like I do on the show. So if it was like one guy, you know, that was talking to another guy, I'd be like, hey man, how's it going? I'm doing good, bro. How are you? Cool, man. You should try these. Uh, there was like a killer dude sportswear or something like that. And, uh, so I was like, oh, man, that's killer, dude. And the other guy was like, yeah, dude, right? You know, so. And then I'd have the announcer come on. And then the announcer might be this guy. You know, so, you know, I just needed to have voices. But it all needed to come in in time, you see. So that really helped me learn the art of speaking within set time periods. And you have to do these things. So like the promo work that I do for Fox and stuff too, that's all has to fit within a certain time parameter, you see. So, uh, you know, like I have three second promos. I have five second promos. I have 15 second promos. I have 10 second promos. I have 20 second promos. I have 30 second promos. They don't generally go longer than 30 seconds, but uh, that's what you have to do and you have to fit it all in there. So if you follow me on Instagram and stuff, you can check out, there's tons of old uh, videos of me doing this stuff on Instagram and everything. You can hear those and see those. A lot of fun. You should check it out. You should check out all of my stuff. Don't make me use a Jedi mind trick on you, okay? You will check out all of James Arnold Taylor. Do you follow me on Twitter? Do you follow me on Instagram? Do you follow me on Facebook? Eh, I don't care if you follow me on Facebook. I, I, you know, it's no offense to the Facebook people. I love you all. But uh, the people that not the people that are on Facebook, not the people that made Facebook. Eh, I, I don't, you know, I don't have any feelings one way or another for them because I'm not a big Facebook fan. I really am not. Um, but I like Twitter quite a bit. I find it very easy. I know a lot of you are like, eh, Twitter's so, you know, five years ago. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I'm an old guy, so remember. Uh, but Instagram, here's what I don't like about Instagram. You can't put links to anything. Come on, Instagram, get with it, man. They don't want you leaving their site. But I, I think they should just take Twitter's lead. Look, Twitter took their lead and everybody else's and extended from 140 characters. They doubled it, right? So why can't these guys change up some stuff, huh? Okay, Instagram, make it so we can put links. I think every person that is listening to this podcast right now is shaking their head. Yes, Instagram. I think everybody would love there to be able to uh, get links and stuff on, on Instagram. Wouldn't you? I know I would. Okay. Um... Hey, I have some other characters I'm going to introduce into the show, but not on this episode. 
I don't think. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to introduce some more characters that I've been kicking around and ones that are old characters too, because again, I've worked in radio for so long. Right. And I used, this is what I used to do. I produced morning shows. And so I would call in. So now let me let you in on a little secret here. Um, if you were listening, if you were old, you know, if you're old like me and you're listening to, um, radio stations and the caller calls in and it's a funny phone call and all that. A lot of times it was fake. A lot of times it was me because I produced these and they went out to radio stations all over the country. It's true. So the DJ would be like, good morning at 7, 10, 10 minutes after the hour, 7 o'clock. you got to be somewhere by 8 o'clock. you got 15 minutes to get there. Good morning. Let's take a look at traffic. But first, let's take a phone call. Hey, who's this? Uh, yeah, this is Tom. Hey, Tom. How you doing? I'm good. I'm wondering if you could pull a joke on my buddy, Jack. Jack? Sure. What's Jack's a prankster, is he? No, actually, I, I'm the prankster. Oh, right. Okay. What do you want to do to him? I wonder if you could do we're, we're working out on a, on a site. Yeah, and he's a foreman. I wonder if you could tell him that the, the schematics are wrong. The schematics. Hey, man, you're getting really big into my head there. Uh, that's a big word. I don't know. I'm just a DJ, okay? <laughs> okay, let's give him a call. And then and then they would, you know, do a commercial break or whatever, and they'd come back, and they would uh, call uh, Tom's friend, Jack. Okay, we're calling Jack, and we're going to tell him that uh, there's been problems with the schematics on the plans that they're working on with Tom. <laughs> Some 15, 15 minutes after the hour. All right. What are we in England? What is that ringer? What is that? Yeah, hello. Yeah, is this Jack? Yeah, it's Jack. Who's this? What do you want? Jack, uh, we're calling uh, to let you know that the uh, I am I am uh, Gerth Blanstein. I'm calling from the uh, City uh, Directory uh, Government uh, Funding Foundation Fund. Anyways, those schematics that you're working on on that plan there down there on the site that you're working on. Yeah, what about them? They're wrong. <laughs> what? What do you mean they're wrong? I'm telling you, man, they're totally wrong. They're upside down. They're wrong. They're bad. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Hey, man, I've been working on this plan for this job for this whole thing, and we can't get the wrong plans, and I'm going to be a razzamazza, frazzamazza. Oh, good morning, Jack. Hey, Jack, calm down. Uh, this is uh, this is just the radio station, the morning zoo, and we're just giving you a bad time there. <laughs> Your buddy Tom put us up to this. Tom? Oh, that guy, I'm going to get him all. Oh, he's going to be buying the drinks later tonight. Okay, good morning to you. Stuff like that. No, it would be, we would do these fake phone calls. We call them candid phone calls. And, uh, and we would do all that sort of stuff. And so it was a lot of fun. So I would produce them and write them and there'd be a script and the DJ uh, would uh, then put his voice in in the place of the DJ and then the people's voices would be like me and my, my writing partners and people and other actors we'd hire and such. And we'd do all that. And then we'd do fake commercials like on Saturday Night Live and we'd do fake bits and I'd have characters that would come in like Hank the Engineer, you know. Hey, yeah, uh, yeah, how you guys doing? Uh, yeah, let me check that thing. You know, that would be like something I would do. Um, so um, anyways, there you go. And we'd have people that would call in and stuff. So it was a lot of fun. And it was uh, for uh, the premier radio networks that I worked for and did that. And they were a uh, radio syndicator. All of that goes back to voiceover and timing and characters and just finding that. So that's why radio for me is a good thing uh, to do and to learn and to know and to have in your hip pocket. So if, and radio isn't as much of a thing now, so try podcasting, all right? Podcast, get used to hearing yourself. Get some headphones on, get a microphone there and uh, start hearing what you sound like and start challenging yourself to, uh, you know, Figure it all out if you're somebody that really wants to be in voiceover. Okay. Hey, I have had such a great time on this podcast here today. And um, we've had some great time with some great characters. And you 
I hope will follow me here. Subscribe to this channel. Subscribe to the podcast. You know, I, I've been kicking around the idea of having, you know, the first episode I had uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi on. I interviewed Obi-Wan and I want to interview my uh, characters on the show. I think it's fun. But, you know, eventually I'll run out of characters. Maybe. I don't know. Some here. But um, some of them sound like me. So Ratchet, for example, is my pretty much just my regular voice. So here's the question for you guys. Do I interview Ratchet as James or do I have somebody else interview Ratchet? So in other words, do I do a different voice? Do I have, say, you know, Christopher Walken interview Ratchet? No, that'd be annoying. That would get annoying very fast. Do I have Obi-Wan Kenobi interview Ratchet? Maybe. Maybe I do that. Because if it's me, then it's just me talking to me and that might get kind of uh, confusing and not as fun or funny. I don't know. Maybe it isn't. Who knows? Okay. Thank you so much for listening to the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Uh, we're going to have more stuff coming up in the next. Oh, I see. I've already recorded bits and pieces of the next show too. So I already know what's coming up and it's good. It's all good. And uh, you're excited for it, aren't you? Of course you are. Okay, good. Hey, please follow me online. Go to my uh, website, jamesarnoldtaylor.com and click there for all the links and stuff to different things. If you want to send me an email and you want to have a question on the show, you know you can do that. Mr. Announcer Guy has told you all about it before too. And uh, you can do that and you can submit questions and I might answer it on the next podcast. You never know. And sooner or later, we're going to do your own questions live. I know I've said it like 12 times in this episode already, but there you go. It's going to happen. The James Arnold Taylor podcast, talking to myself. This is me talking to myself, talking to you in my little padded room here in my home. And I thank you for listening to me. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jat Actor, J-A-T Actor, J-A-T Actor. And Facebook and, uh, but oh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, James Arnold Taylor. Go to YouTube and search James Arnold Taylor. And then you'll see my picture pops up. It's a little picture of me in front of a bunch of microphones and I'm adjusting my tie, I think. Follow me, subscribe to that, okay? The more people that subscribe to that, uh, the cooler, the better, right? Yeah, I think so. Because then I can start getting sponsors and then, you know, maybe I can uh, do some other stuff on there. All right, okay. I've talked long enough. You've listened to me much, much too long, I'm sure already. Uh, thank you so much. God bless you. I really do truly pray for all of you that are uh, fans of my work and that follow me and listen to me and watch my stuff. And I thank you so much because without you, I am just a guy in a little padded room talking to himself totally and nobody cares, but you all care. And that's what makes it important. And that's why I believe in you and I'm praying for you. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I mean it sincerely. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Mr. Announcer Guy, take us out. Talking to myself, the James Arnold Taylor podcast is a production of YumiGo Inc. Recorded at Chat Studios. Engineered, written, recorded, and produced by, you guessed it, James Arnold Taylor. All voices are parody and should be construed as entertainment only. All music and sound effects used with permissions and licenses through backtracks, digital juice, production tracks, and partners in rhyme. James Arnold Taylor's Talking Myself, the podcast. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.